0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. Um, I'm completely honest about my struggles, my successes, and my failures, and I share reality-based cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, even the ones who don't like cleaning and organizing. So thanks for joining me today today. I am going to be talking about garage sales one more time. I know this is my third podcast on garage sales. If you've missed them, um, podcast number 27 and 28, uh, talk about pricing and setup and just general mentality for having a garage sale. The reason I'm spending so much time on this is that for one, I'm an expert because of my own garage sale addiction from which I've mostly recovered, um, I went to garage sales nonstop all the time. It's part of how I got myself into this slob mess that brought me to a point of complete despair when I started the blog, a slob comes clean. Uh, But also when you're decluttering, if you decide to go the route of a garage sale, I think it's really important to do it correctly. A garage sale is a ton of work. It is not a haphazard spur of the moment kind of a thing. It is a ton of work and there is nothing more frustrating than doing all of that work and then not having anybody show up or not getting everything out of it that you possibly can. And I know as someone who has had to declutter and kind of felt like I was you know, just holding on by my fingernails, trying to get everything out of my house. Um, I wanted it to be successful and I want it to be successful for you too. So I want to make sure that I share these tips today. Specifically, I'm going to talk about effective advertising because you can put a ton of work into setting up your garage sale, pricing your items, getting your mentality correct. But if you don't advertise it well, Guess what? No one's going to (laughs) come. So it's really important to have people there. Uh, This will be my last one on garage sales, at least for a while. And then next week, I will talk about uh, teaching kids to clean. I have an ebook that is out right now. Well, actually, it's been out for a while. I have an ebook called Teaching Kids to Clean, kind of gets to the point in the title there. And it is on sale for the month of May for $3. This is May of 2014 for $3, um, down from $5 and use the code summer 14 to get that. If you go to uh, my website down on the side, uh, sidebar, and I'll put these in the show notes for podcast number 29 as well, but they're on the sidebar. Um, you can see, the icon for teaching kids to clean. If you click on that, it has that code right there. So you, you can't miss that and miss out on that code, but that ebook has lesson plans for basic cleaning skills. I cover laundry, uh, dusting and vacuuming, which I consider one, you know, kind of thing, um, mopping and cleaning bathrooms. And it seems like there's one other, but anyway, uh, in that ebook, I base it all on my own personal experience that I have had teaching my own kids to clean. And I'll talk about that more in the next podcast, but I did want to let you know that that is on sale right now and you can pick that up easily for only $3. And it also has printables, printables that uh, you can hand to your children, you know, depending on whether or not they can read. I also have printables for non-readers as well. So, uh, that will help you get through that. So we'll, um, spend next podcast on that and then talk about some more specifics in future podcasts. So talking about garage sales one last time, like I said, advertising is really, really important because if you don't advertise, nobody's going to come to your garage sale and you will have done all that work for absolutely nothing. Uh, so it's really important. The main thing is, and this is, I'm including this with advertising because I think it's important to know is know when to have your sale. The reason that I make a big deal about this is that I have lived in different areas and I have seen that different areas have different typical garage sale times and days. And if you have your garage sale on the wrong day, then it could really, you know, affect how many people come to your garage sale. Here's the thing. Yes, it's your decision. You can do whatever you want to do within your city's um, you know, statutes or whatever limitations. I can't think of the word. Whatever. Within your city's guidelines for what you're allowed to do for a garage sale, you can do it however you want to. You can set it up like a boutique or you can stick boxes out in your garage or whatever you want to do and that's fine. But um the truth is more people are going to come if you will figure out how things tend to work in your town. So an example that I give is my aunt lives in Kansas. And when I go visit her, we go to garage sales. I mean, that is what is so fun about when we're together. We love to go to garage sales together where where she lives. It is normal for a garage sale to start on a Thursday. That is when people start them. And that's, you know, you, it's, makes sense to go out on a Thursday and look for garage sales there. Well, that is not the case everywhere. And for example, we, before we lived where we live now, we lived in an even smaller town and that town had a newspaper that came out through the mail. I know actually in your mailbox on Thursdays. That was the one time of the entire week when that newspaper came out on Thursday in your mailbox. Well, you can't have a garage sale on Thursday when the newspaper is not even coming out until Thursday. So nobody had garage sales on Thursdays there. The problem is that um you have to realize that the first day of your garage sale, if you live in a town where newspapers are your driving force or even Craigslist is your driving force for um, people finding garage sales and pretty much anywhere, your first day is going to be your best day because your people who love to shop at garage sales, which means that they budget money that they're going to bring every you know week and they are looking specifically to buy things that they need at garage sales those people know that the first day is the best day. They don't want to go when it's picked over. So you need to plan your first day of your sale strategically and know what works in your town. So if you live in a town where the newspaper doesn't come out until Thursday afternoon, then if you have a garage sale, you know, and the newspaper then says garage sale Thursday through Saturday, Thursday starting at eight o'clock. Well, the people who look at that paper are going to say, Oh, well, I already missed the first day. So I'll make that my last one that I go to that I, you know, if I still have money left over and I'm not too exhausted, then I'll run by that one too. But for the most part, they're going to skip over that when they're not going to make that a priority because they've already missed the first day. So it's important to know that the town where I live now is also very small and we do have a newspaper, I think five days a week. Anyway, Our newspaper does not come out until the afternoon. A little bit strange. I agree when you've lived in a bigger town where, you know, people have expectations of things and they don't just get whatever they can. Uh, But our newspaper comes out in the afternoon. So our Wednesday newspaper comes out Wednesday afternoon. So it's kind of along those same idea is if you're going to have a garage sale that starts on Friday, put it in the Thursday paper that they're going to have it. You want them to have this newspaper before the time when it's actually going to start. Now, I don't think it's necessary. I actually think it's a little bit strange as someone who used to eagerly look at garage sale ads. I would get a little irritated a few times when I saw people put garage sale, huge garage sale coming up in two weeks. You know, it's just like they had paid for this ad for a garage sale that wasn't even happening for two weeks, I'm sorry, you don't build that much, um, you know, build that buzz over a garage sale. I'm sorry. Maybe, I, I mean, whatever. If that's worked great for you, then I would love to hear that in the show notes. But for me, I thought that was strange and a waste of their money because I would just get irritated. I'm like, oh, it's not even this week, <sighs> whatever. And I didn't plan on going and going to it in a week or two, whatever. So here's, um, the key, know how the advertising in your town works with newspapers, things like that. And make sure that you're putting your, uh, your ad in the paper at the correct time. Easy way to do that is just call your newspaper. They are, they want your garage sale ad for real. They want that money, that $15, $20, whatever it's going to cost you to put that in there. That's important to them because not only do they want that money from you? But they also want people to buy papers because they know that garage sales are going to be in that paper. So they'll tell you. They'll say, oh, well, actually, you know, this is how it works. This is when people usually put their ad in the paper for, you know, for their garage sale. Um, so know when your garage sale is supposed to be. Another along those lines too, there is no reason to not put it on Craigslist. Craigslist is free to put your ad on there for your garage sale. Um I think different areas use Craigslist differently. I believe in your smaller towns, people don't use it as much, but there's still no reason to not put it on there. Uh, And especially in your larger towns where people are more tech savvy, you absolutely have to have it on Craigslist because there will be people who that's the only way they look at it. The other advantage of Craigslist, and I'll talk about this later in how to write your ad, is knowing that um, you can put All the information you want. You could list if you wanted to, you could list every single item you have at your garage sale, but especially your specifics. You can put pictures on that ad. So if you have, you know, I mean it's one thing to say I have a couch at a garage sale. Well, there's a whole range of different types of couches and quality that it could be at the garage sale, at a garage sale. But if you have a really nice one, hey, put that picture on there. There's a really good chance you're gonna sell it before your garage sale even starts. And hey, that's that's great. That's perfect. So knowing what day to start your sale, what day to have your sale. Along those lines, uh, the town I live in now, no one has garage sales on Sundays. Really. I mean, it's an extremely rare thing. And because people don't have garage sales on Sundays, then your people who are used to going to garage sales don't go to garage sales on Sunday. They just don't because it's not the normal thing around here. Where an hour away from me, you know, where my parents live and where I grew up, my in-laws live. Um, Sunday garage sales are v- extremely common, maybe even more common than um, than a Saturday garage sale because people like, you know, they work all week and then they want to prepare on Saturday and have it on Sunday. So Sunday garage sales there are very common, but you know, don't waste your time having a garage sale on a day when nobody goes to garage sales in your town. Okay. Um, I personally, This is different in different areas, Um, but I have one day garage sales now, and I think it's because the time involved is, is so extensive, but I also know the way that things work in my town is that Saturday is the day when people are out on garage sales, and I used to do Friday and Saturday, but when I did that, what I realized was since everybody goes to garage sales on Saturday, that's the biggest, busiest day if I had a garage sale on Friday, well, then all of your people who are excited to go to garage sales on Saturday are going to look at that and say, oh, well, it's not the first day. So I'm not going to bother going. Okay. So I really felt like I did better when I just did a one day sale on Saturday. But again, you have to check that in your town and you know how it works. And I'll talk a little bit more that, about that in just a minute. Consider starting your sale early when you're thinking about when to get started. My philosophy is to get people when they've got their cash, okay? If most people start them at eight o'clock, which is I would say generally the standard pretty much everywhere, start yours at seven or seven thirty, okay? I've I basic generally would do seven thirty. I've tried seven before. The reality is, if you started at seven, they're going to come at six we talked about this in the one about, you know, two podcasts ago about your mentality and getting that correct. Hey, you just want people to take stuff out of your, your house, you know, don't get all panties in a wad over, um, you know, Oh my goodness, I can't believe they were waiting when I opened my garage door. Hey, you want these people to spend their money and take your stuff, let them have it, you know? So, but by starting at seven, when people are plotting out their garage sale plan, which believe me, they do because I did it. I know. But when they're plotting out their garage sale plan, they are going to go to the ones that start first, first, you know, yes, they're going to go everywhere early, but if one starts at seven 30, they're going to plan to make it to that one before they go to the one that starts at eight. Okay. So you, you know, be thinking along those lines, you want their cash. You want them to come to your sale when they have cash still burning a hole in their pocket. Um, just a little hint. Again, you can do whatever you want, but don't start your sale at ten o'clock in the morning. First of all, if you don't like the thought of people sitting in their homes all over your city laughing hysterically at your garage sale ad in the newspaper, don't do that. Because that's what I mean, really, garage sales don't start at ten o'clock. I'm sorry. They start early. And you can say ten o'clock and they're still gonna be there at eight, maybe even seven thirty. So just get over it and have it when garage sales generally start. Um, you're just going to end up mad if you started at 10 because no one's going to pay attention to that because that's crazy talk. All right. Um, also find out when garage sales end in your area. I always put 7am to question mark or 730am to question mark in my newspaper ad. um, I can go as long as I need to, but I generally end around two o'clock simply because that's when garage sales are over in my area. I know that because I used to go to garage sales in my area. Some places they stay open till five or six. It really just depends. I think that when you're in a smaller town where people are getting their, um, are, you know, deciding from the newspaper, which garage sales they're going to go to, um, you can pretty much in a smaller area hit all the garage sales in one day by this certain time. And that's why nobody stays open past, you know, two o'clock because nobody else is coming anymore. Now, my neighbors who are very sweet people had a garage sale a couple years ago and stayed open till six. I guess they had said they were going to stay open till six and boy did they. But after 12 o'clock after noon, Nobody came except for my kids who kept going back over and over again and buying. They had all these uh, little wooden houses and paints and stuff for them and little ceramic things they could paint. My kid, And they were selling them for like a nickel and a dime. And my kids went back over and over and bought them and would come home and paint them. And then they'd go back and buy another one. But really, I don't know that they made that great of a killing just off of my kids. But no, I mean, nobody comes after a certain time. So again, ask around or put the question mark on there. And then when it dies down, you're done. And people will know because there was a question mark that when they show up at your house and there's nothing there, you really are done. Instead of you said you were going to go till six and they're knocking on your door. Hey, did you have anything left? You know, that's just uh, knowing how things work in your town is really, really key. Um, Okay. Learn how the people find garage sales in your area. Again, where i live people look in the newspaper i think that is due to the smaller area where my parents live that's a much much larger area um when i would go up there cuz i did this when we would go visit them when we lived farther away and we'd stay for the weekend i would hit garage sales while i was there well the paper was kind of confusing because i didn't know where everything was you know we're in a small town i know where every single street is it's easy to find stuff but you know, in a larger area, the newspaper got kind of confusing, so you know, people didn't look there. So there, it's all about drive-bys, which also determines you know, the longer you're open, the more drive-bys you're going to have. Uh, you know, so know what it you know how people find the methods there. Where where I live now, if it's not in the newspaper, people are not going to come to it because that is how they find garage sales. There, again, everybody should use Craigslist. Uh, there's no reason not to, but, um you know, finding out, you know, how that works. And I think a lot of that determines the things, like I said, newspaper, if everybody's using newspaper, then absolutely. That's the best way for me to, um, you know, having a one day sale where I know they're going to hit it because they saw it in the newspaper versus a two or three day sale that lasts longer because everybody is just happening to drive by and pull into the garage. sale. um, get the most from your signs that you have for your garage sale. Signs should be in neon colors. My aunt and I often laugh that, um, this should be like a law or something because realistically, especially during election season, garage sale signs that are the ones that you, you know, buy at the store, the little black with the red or whatever, those just blend in with all of the election signs and it's hard to see them. So a neon sign though, people know that's a homemade neon sign. It's a garage sale and they're going to you know, see it and start driving that way. It's like our cars are just, you know, controlled by that. Anyway, when you do that, the main piece of information on your sign needs to be your address. Okay. That's another complaint that I have about the little pre-made garage sale signs. Okay. So you got a pre-made sign, but the biggest words on it are garage sale well, you know what, if you've got a neon sign on the side of the road on a Saturday morning, people already know that's for a garage sale. If you feel the need, you can write that small just so that they don't, you know, get confused when they get closer. But the thing that they're going to try to catch at a glance as they're driving by is the address. So make sure that the address is the main thing. I have an example on my uh, website that I will link to from the show notes for podcast number 25, uh, I'm sorry, 29. And in case I didn't mention it, if you want to get the show notes for this, go to a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts and look for podcast number 29. So, uh, you know, getting that neon sign with your address being the biggest, most prominent thing on it. Okay. Yes. You can put the time, whatever, or you can just go pull it up when you're done. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, the best way that I personally have found to put out garage sale signs, like little flimsy, you know, poster board on a stick, the wind or whatever, you know, the, the wind can make those fold over. They fall down. I have not found those to be very successful. Now I do have a big metal sign. I'm not sure where we got it. I don't remember anyway, but a big metal sign that you can put your neon stuff over. That's great. But if you don't have that, one of the best things to do is to take a cardboard box and tape your sign to the side of it, tape it on all four sides so that it's, you know, not going to flop in the wind and cover up the address and then stick a brick or or a heavy rock inside of the box. So that's going to hold it in place and go put that somewhere. Uh, Make sure that you know what your city's ordinances are. Ordinances, that is the word I was looking for earlier. Make sure you know your city's ordinances about sign placement. Um, some, Some cities actually require a garage sale permit for you to have one, but especially know, well, know all of that, but know what their sign placement things are because they will come and pull them up. And then you'll suddenly wonder why is nobody coming to my garage sale all of a sudden? Well, you find out later it's because the, the signs were removed because they were in places that they weren't allowed to be. If that's the case, um, you know, if you have neighbors who can, you know, if you know people who live on the corners of streets and things like that, go ask them if you can put your garage sale sign in their yard. They may say no, because they don't want everybody to see that and then just start putting them there. Um, but you know, we have a very good friend who lives on the corner who lets us do that. And, uh, but it's important, you know, there's the sidewalk and there's a little bit of grass on the other side of the sidewalk that technically belongs to the city. You have to put it in the grass that's in her yard. So just knowing those things, calling your city, Uh, looking, you know, maybe on their website, I'm not sure they probably have some information on that, but that would be a great way for you to make sure that you don't waste this, um, these signs that you're putting out. And then I have to tell you the most ingenious idea that I've ever seen. And it was where my parents live, where they have these major rules about signs and things. Um, They taped big neon signs to the windows of their cars. And then they parked their cars at each little turn. So they would park the car. So it was not, you know, it was just a car parked on a street, which I'm guessing was totally legal, but they didn't put the signs in any kind of yards or on any city property, whatever. They just parked their cars along the street and they had big neon signs that said garage sale or their address, you know, and arrows pointing. If you, there are some people who don't like to put their address on signs. Big arrows will work great too. You know, as long as they're at every single turn that you need to go to um, get your, get the most that you can out of your newspaper ad and Craigslist. Okay. I talked about this before. Know when your paper comes out so that you make sure that you don't, you know, put your ad in the paper after your garage sale has already started. Cause you want people to be there from the beginning or else they might not even come. Um, for a newspaper ad, use all of your allowed words. I talked about this a little bit on eBay, uh, the podcast where I talked about eBay and that is um, you know, don't say stuff like really, really cute clothes. That is so great that you have really, really cute clothes, but I have no idea what that means. Okay. So be as specific as possible in your ad. Okay. So use every single word that you have. If you have 25 words, it's generally, that's a pretty typical thing. There's no reason to not use all 25 words. Don't say too much to list. That's great. But your opinion of too much to list might be very different from what I consider too much to list. Who knows? Maybe you're just too lazy to write it out. I don't know why it's too much to list, but that does not get me to your garage sale. They might come and that's great, but they're probably gonna come after they've gone to the sales that had specifically listed things that they knew they were looking for. Okay, and when they come to yours after theirs, they're not gonna have as much money to spend. Okay, uh, so be specific in your ad. If you're selling furniture, be sure to list what that furniture is. I mean, most of the time, people are looking for a patio set or a coffee table, they're not just looking for furniture. So the more specific that you can be, go ahead and, you know, say it. Or if you have truly an entire living room, you know, everything for a living room, living room furniture, you know, put that it's fine to be, you know, as long as it will let people know what it is that they can be looking for at your garage. sale. the better, you know, more specific you can be bunk beds, you know, be specific about bunk beds. If you tell me kids' beds, I'm going to go, oh, okay, because I'm picturing, well, maybe that's a toddler bed, which I totally don't need, Uh, you know, but if you say bunk beds and I'm looking for bunk beds, I am totally coming to your garage sale. I might even knock on your door the day before and say, hey, how much you want for those bunk beds? I don't know. I have heard of that happening. So, uh, you know, a crib, a recliner, you know, be very specific as much as you can. Along the same lines, if there's anything you feel is really worth money, And you've already tried to sell it on Craigslist or on eBay or at resale shops and it didn't sell. Okay. So now you're ready to get rid of it for pretty cheap, but you still want to get as much as you can for it and you want it to be gone. You know, be specific in your ad about things, you know, your designer purses or Department 56 Christmas houses, whatever. If people come looking for them because they saw that in the paper or on Craigslist, you're so much more likely to get rid of those things than if you just, you know, put too much to list. You know, you're only going to have people randomly happen by that do that. I also always list general clothing sizes. So, uh, you know, toddler boys, baby boys, um, an ad that I put in, and this is just, you know, an example was, you know, tons of clothes, boys, four to six girls, two to four women, L to XL writing toys, books, home decor, teacher materials, videos, fridge, stroller, much more. Okay. So yes, I did say much more at the end, but it was after being very, very specific about what it was that I had to sell. So I really think that when you can be, you know, if you have kids clothes that are, you know, all kinds of size, like let's say you have girl clothes size two and three, and seven and nine, it's okay to say two to nine. That's fine. You know, but just so that they can have an idea. Cause if you just say clothes, I don't know what that means. Is this like an estate sale where we have somebody's, you know, clothes from the seventies? I don't know what that means. But if you tell me that you have specifically toddler clothes, 2T to 4T, if I need toddler clothes, 2T to 4T, I'm going to go there and there's a really good chance I'm going to buy everything you have if it's priced right. Um, it does not have to be beautifully written. It's the stuff that gets them there. Okay. Uh, One thing that I have done in the past, if you're in major decluttering mode, which I'm assuming the people who listen to my podcast are all about decluttering. One thing I did one year was I said, all clothes, 25 cents, most items under a dollar. Okay. And I did that in the fewest words possible. But that gets people there. I have been to garage sales before that had that on there and they had great stuff. And boy, I'm telling you, I was their first thing. Cause I thought, Oh my goodness, what can I get for a dollar? If all the clothes are 25 cents, This is going to be great. You know, um, it gets people there. They're always the busiest sales. And I was shocked. That is the sale where I made more money than any other time. No, I had a ton of clothes to sell for 25 cents each. And I sold a leather coat for 25 cents, but I also sold, you know, stained t-shirts for 25 cents. So it all kind of evened out. And ultimately I got rid of tons of stuff and I made a lot of money, you know, so being specific about, you know, just ways to get people there, tell them, say, Hey, things here are cheap, you know, and, and give them specifics on cheap because different people have different ideas of what cheap means. Uh, if you live in a place that's difficult to find, use your 25 words or however many words you have to give succinct directions to your house. So you know, if you live up past such and such, you know, be specific, like say such and such street at the very end of Park Lane, you know, if, if people go, Oh, I didn't realize there was a street back there. Well, you know, give them the main street and then, you know, all the way to the end, take a right or behind such and such shopping center, you know, so that people know where it is that your house is. Another thing, and this is my opinion, but one of the things, I think from when I lived in a small town before, and I was not this one, but I was totally into garage selling. I was more willing to go to a way far out place on a Friday when there weren't as many garage sales. So, you know, think about that. Talk to other people who, if you live way out in the country, talk to other people who, um, also live around you. And if they've had any success, you know, do do people come or not, but you might consider making sure it's well advertised and having it on Friday when there are people out garage selling, but maybe there aren't, um, you know, huge, huge amounts of garage sales out. So people are going to, Hey, I'm willing to drive out there because there's not as many to go to today where on a really busy day, they might say, well, I don't want to drive out there and take 30 minutes and then risk that I don't need anything. When at the same amount of time I could hit, you know, 12 garage sales here in the town. Uh, seriously, if you're not somebody who's been to garage sales, you just don't even know how much people plan this stuff out. Uh, on Craigslist, put your city and your zip code in the title because people are specifically going to search certain zip codes. You're not limited to words there. So put all the categories of items that you're selling, do pictures, um, you know, be as specific as you can, you know, and tell them, say, Hey, if you want to buy this ahead of time, let me know. Um, if you plan ahead, make good use of the advertising options that you have. Um, you're going to have the best traffic possible. Of course it could rain. Of course there could be something going on that you just didn't know about, but learning and knowing and doing the best that you can do is going to ensure that you get the most stuff out of your house. The other thing too, is just a reminder, since this is my last garage sale podcast, at least for a while is to be sure that you have a plan for getting rid of your stuff Call or, you know, put on Craigslist that, hey, as of five o'clock on Saturday, everything's free, whatever, you know, have a plan, uh, call a local donation place to come pick it up. A lot of places look in the newspaper because they might put it in the garage sale ads and say, Hey, we'll pick up your garage sale stuff for free. Just give us a call. I know sometimes it hurts because you think, I can't believe that item didn't sell. I should have sold it for $5 when somebody asked me for, you know, to buy it for that much. And instead I'm watching somebody just leave with it, but you do not want to bring stuff back into your house after a garage sale. I have learned that lesson the hard way because it's stuff that I'd already decided to part with. And then I brought it back into my house and it ends up in a big pile that then is just waiting for another garage sale. And then that stuff generally does not sell in the next garage sale. If it didn't already sell, it's probably not going to sell the next time either. So this is the end of the garage sale series on podcasts. Again, you can go to slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S to look for podcast number 29 that's what this one is. If for some reason I'm wrong about the number, I'm sorry, but look for garage sale, uh, advertising tips. Uh, also if it's not on there, when you first get there, just go to the bottom and click on, see all my podcasts here and you will find it because if you're listening to this, then it has already gone out on the website. So it does exist. I appreciate so much. Those of you who have left a review in iTunes, I'm actually now on Stitcher as well which I have never used so I don't understand it all but I heard I should be on Stitcher so I'm there. If you listen to things through Stitcher, please search on there and subscribe through that and I would love to get reviews on there as well. That greatly helps increase the exposure for the podcast and helps people find it. So thank you so much for joining me today and as I said next week I will talk about teaching kids to clean. Exciting stuff, right? Okay. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye.